0: And younger me would not have gotten off our couch unless there was also a workshop being taught. I wanted the gyms. I wanted, I wanted the knowledge, I wanted the education. That's what I would have wanted. So I've decided I'm doing it. And in the workshop is going to be the six writing gyms that took me Welcome to Glamorous Trash, the artist formerly known as Celebrity Book Club. Yes, we changed our name. We rebranded just a few weeks ago. On this podcast, we recap and book club celebrity memoirs. We pontificate about pop culture. And if it's a real doozy, sometimes we cry. If you have ever referenced Mariah Carey in therapy, then this might be the podcast for you. I'm your host, Chelsea DeVantes. I'm a TV writer, comedian, and filmmaker, and sometimes I'm in stuff, too. Now, let's dive into this week's episode. This is a glamorous trash talk episode. We are discussing business, ladies in business, and the book Glossy, which is the story of the makeup brand Glossier, how it came to be, and its founder, Emily Weiss. We are recording this on September 14th. We had early copies of the book. It just came out two days ago. It was written by Marissa Meltzer, a phenomenal writer. And the subtitle is Ambition, Beauty, and the Inside Story of Emily Weiss's Glossier. Now, I was very excited to read this book for many reasons, but also I have sort of felt like the makeup brand Glossier is my enemy, or at least my opposite. It's like my tether. And uh, after reading this book, I have changed some of my opinions and I'm excited to get into that. This is also an episode where, in the spirit of rebranding and changing the name, me and our guest, who is my manager and producing partner, talk about what we've been up to our life together and just sort of what we took from the book and what has impacted us We talk a lot about the concept of girl bossing and just being a woman in business and how it's such a sexist term, but also came to mean something very specific. And how do you be a woman in this world who maybe does enjoy really feminine things like makeup or dressing up and all the things I enjoy and not get called a girl boss simply by being a girl while being a boss. We get into all of it. Finally, a very important, perhaps the most important thing to know before listening is that our producer, Kate, assistant Jaron and Jordan, my guest, all came to my office and we recorded in person. This is the first time that has ever happened. We were celebrating a bit, having gotten the rebrand done and I made us all espresso martinis. Not only did I make us espresso martinis, but I made a pitcher of them. That's right. A pitcher, a carafe of extra espresso martinis. Not really how those are served, but I was like, we're going to need more. And I had just some lukewarm espresso martinis next to us and I had four. So I had four espresso martinis via the course of this podcast. So towards the end of the podcast, you're really going to hear what happens when I'm tipsy. I started calling Jeff Bezos a little bitch. Um, I got more aggressive. Who knew that was possible? We go on a Reiki tangent and we laugh and have a lot of fun. I usually try and keep it real tight, but this is a little bit of a looser episode, especially at the end. And hopefully you have fun listening to it as much fun as we had recording it. And yeah, this episode is, I'm going to say, emotionally sponsored by Too Many Espresso Martinis. So let's begin. Our guest today is Jordan Moncada. Hi. Hi. Okay. Jordan has a big intro. I'm trying to think of what credits to give. Oh my the God. most important credit is that Jordan is my manager and business partner and producing partner. Oh,
1: can you believe? I can't believe. I can't believe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it has
0: been How long have we been working together?
1: I think it's going to be 4 years. Didn't I say it was going to be 4 years yeah. around when the, the weekend of um like the event and oh all of that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Our like rebrand is going to be four years. its crazy? Like our anniversary party. I know. The stars aligned for us. The stars aligned.
0: <laughs> okay, so you guys, Jordan is here because um, Jordan has been behind the scenes of every single thing. So she was, she is the person I sent the email to, to be like, I think I want to start a podcast. And in the past, my reps would have been like, no, or it's not a good time or we don't know. And Jordan was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, let's do it. Send me the materials. Let's do it. I sent it to you like three days later. So Jordan has been behind the scenes of every single thing. And she's a huge part of my life. So historically <laughs> on this podcast, I have introduced my guest with the story of how we first met. Um, I am going to fully go into this one and I've seen a couple of comments that are like, it's so self-indulgent that she does this, but I'm really just trying to show like how female relationships happen. So I, but I really want to do our full story because I think it's a good one. I think so too. And then we'll go into the book.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good idea.
0: So I, um, broke up with some representation (laughs) a couple of times and (sighs) my wonderful agent Moreau said, I'm going to, I'm, I, she set some meetings and, but with yours, she said, you're going to feel like you're speaking to your twin.
1: Oh, I love you, Moreau.
0: Yeah. And so then I went and sat down and we just had like the loveliest meeting, but also we had a few core values in common that I feel like we could pick up on, Mm -hmm. like fucked up backgrounds. Yes. There's not a lot of us here in Hollywood, so we find each other. Yes. Anyways, that was sort of the story for me. And then you changed my whole life. Oh, what if I cry in the intro? Oh, I hope you do. Yeah. I don't know if you like... When you were growing up and you watched like actors give speeches at the Oscars, right? Yeah. You'd be like, yeah. I have to think like my manager and my agent. I would always be like, ugh, boo. Like, <laughs> why like you know what I mean? Like, why are you thanking these like weird admin people? Cause I, and I I I don't I don't think I realized it until like we really got into it that like when you do you have a true partnership in this business? You go to war together. Yeah. Like, or you go through war together. Yeah. Whether you sign up or not. And like, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like we've been through some intense stuff. Yes. Like in just within our
1: first year of working together, yeah. there was that. I will also say too, I had no TV writers that were working at that time. And I was like, I got to do my homework. I got to know what to say. I was such a baby back then. And I was like, she's going to find out that it was the imposter syndrome thing. And we talked for, 3 I've now stepped over your, our origin story. No, please. Yeah. We met for three hours when you came in, it was light when you came in and then it was dark when you left. And I think at the time I had just had a yes, I just had a friendship breakup. And then you were talking about that. And I was like, oh my God, like this person sees me. And I think that's a common thread that a lot of people have with you. You're very good at articulating female friendship breakups. And like one one of my main things, I mean, and the way that it has come around in such a way, the way that we've grown together, these four years have
0: been wild
1: the best years of my life.
0: (laughs) Nothing better. Okay. So this is also kind of leading to why we chose this book and we dress like business ladies. Um, I hate that.
1: And we need to stop saying that because I don't want people to think that we're girl bosses. I
0: think something we really have to talk about in this episode. I'm really excited to talk about is how that term was weaponized against women, how it came to mean sort of, white feminism that is actually like harmful towards women, but how it was really born from this place of putting down the few female founders who existed. And even, you know, when one of them owns the brand girl boss, it's, it made it worse. And just sort of like the spectrum of a very sexist term in business to also really taking into account what it means to be a good woman in business. And, and I feel like girl boss now means the opposite of that. It means you're doing a bad job. Uh, And so I really loved all the girl boss stuff in the book. And then just to give you guys just a little bit more context, and now I'm really moving to the book. Glossy takes you through um, the start of Glossier and Emily Weiss, who founded it top to bottom to when Emily Weiss leaves, spoiler alert. Um, It was in the news, it can't be a spoiler alert. I know, it's in the book. It's in the book. <laughs> We're not gonna go through the story of Glossier because it's kind of impossible. There's like product testing and like venture capitalist pitches. If you are starting a business, I think this is a great book to read. If you're not really into the business or, or beauty business world, how do you think this book reads? I think there are some things in here
1: that are really interesting in her character. But if you want like, juicy. Like you're not going to, it's not from her perspective. What I did think was interesting is the person that wrote this book was approached by Emily because she's been in Emily's life for so long. She was approached by Emily to co-write a book together, right? A different book. Yeah.
0: But was it about Glossy? No, I think it was about something else. Regardless. Emily did not want a book written about her. It's so fascinating. Okay. Well, so that's kind of the overall context. So we're going to pull things that we loved from this book. We're going to talk about it it's also going to be a bit of a more uh, personal podcast. We are like with the podcast and with the rebrand, like we are trying to build something a lot bigger. And so we send each other business stuff back and forth <laughs> all the time being like a business.
1: It's so funny because I feel like I give you business books and podcasts. And at first you were just like, no, leave me alone. I don't want to talk about this. And then the strike happened and you're like, I'm in, I'm in <laughs> for the true. business. That I'll continue true. to do my own projects, but I'm in for the business. Yeah, now. because
0: I am a chaos I was supposed to call myself a chaos artist, but what I mean is like, like I'm a mess. Like I can create and do stuff, but like yeah. the, that business stuff, I'm like, I, I don't even know what that is. And, and that's more innate in you. And then, so yeah, funny. when the strike happened and it's like, I don't have a job anymore. I honestly have nothing. All I have is this. <laughs> that's I, not all true. All I have is you. And this podcast. And this that's podcast. True. <laughs> it's true. All I have is in this podcast. I mean, you
1: business wise, yeah. all I have
0: is you in this podcast. And, um, <laughs> and the I, book. Yeah, in the book, in the book. But we're trying to build more. And so I feel like maybe if you're listening and you have something like that in your life, this will be a fun episode. Or um, if you're like, I'm not doing a fucking business, listen to (laughs) us, support us being business ladies. Um, It's a peek behind the curtains. A peek behind the curtain. So let's dive in. Let's dive into Glossy. Okay. So I want to start with Emily Weiss. She is the founder. The whole book is supposed to be like the expose on her. And I think... Um, the writer, is a really great writer because the whole kind of crux of the book is that Emily refuses to give juice. She refuses to be messy. She refuses to talk on record when she doesn't know exactly what she's going to say. And Marissa still managed to make some juicy moments out of this book. And the first sentence is, Emily Weiss was crying. (laughs) And I was like, ooh, great first sentence to a book. But then I was like, damn, damn, this like... uh, With the few female founders. And this is one of the most successful female founders. It starts with she's crying.
1: Oh, I didn't even think about that.
0: I know. But it it was a really, really juicy, juicy opening. And then later she says, hold on, I want to find it. Okay, she said, my decision to write this book was not convenient for her. Janet Malcolm famously wrote, every journalist who is not too stupid or full of himself to notice what is going on knows that what he does is morally indefensible. He is kind of a confidence man, preying on people's vanity, ignorance, or loneliness, gaining their trust and betraying them without remorse. Brutal. And then she writes to say, But just, be, uh, just because I was not also crying didn't mean I was immune to Weiss's pain. But also... This wasn't the first time she'd cried to me or even the second. She had cried to me at her apartment as I interviewed her for the Vanity Fair profile, and she had cried to me while touring the Los Angeles Glossier store. Weiss was a skilled operator, that much was clear. Da-da-da. Okay, but then I was like, oh my God, I cry all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the fact that it's only three and she runs a fucking billion dollar business. I mean, of course, uh, I could, I
1: feel like crying as a whole.
0: Other episodes. Yeah, but but it really is here. It's like, oh, she's wielding her tears as like, You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have to say this. I came into this book being like, "Fuck Glassier," and I come out of this being like, "Leave her alone." I know. I kind (laughs) of felt the same. I've been going
1: back and forth, and I have to like, because there's the part of me, and I feel like we talk about this, but there's the part of me that's like, "You're so privileged. You were born with a silver spoon in your mouth." And you love
0: pretending you're not. Yeah. And
1: but that's the interesting thing about her. She's not really pretending that that didn't happen, and she's a really hard worker, and she's playing the cards that she was dealt, and she's playing them really well. But then I think what pisses me off is just like jealousy and envy that like she got into these places. This was her first job was running this company.
0: Well, and also it's sort of like, yeah, this is how you become like one of the few female founders in the beauty industry. She was raised on the East Coast and she ends up babysitting for uh, kids whose father works at Ralph Lauren. And she's like, how can I work at Ralph Lauren? And he gets her an internship when she is 15 years old. Then she goes to NYU. She gets another internship at.
1: Was it Teen Vogue then? Yeah, Teen yeah. Vogue.
0: From there, she starts a blog called Into the Gloss.
1: Wait, but you miss that she was the super intern on the Hills. That's right. Was it the, yeah, the Hills? Yeah, the Hills, right? Yeah, and she hates it. Which she I was a huge Hills fan. Okay, so do you Where, remember her? I do. And I was like, I hate her because Lauren Conrad at the time was a star. I There's a whole thing to wait, talk wait, about. no, no, no. Why Hills. did you hate her? Because she was, they really vilified her. Actually, I really wanted to go back and watch it. But I feel like, because Lauren was the, like the hero of the show. So she was making Lauren feel less than. So she was the evil one. Even though I don't think Lauren actually interned there. And... Emily Weiss actually did intern there. So that was like the hot tea wow. on that. Okay. Because everything's fake on these reality shows, right. which is dead. And that one is
0: super fake. Like there's been interviews so from fake. producers who would sit down and Lauren would be like, What do you need? And yeah. Like it'd be great if you could break up with your boyfriend and then end crying. And she'd be like, No problem.
1: <laughs> I will absolutely do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes more sense because. She tries to wipe the Hills intern story away, but yep. I feel like this is, like, sort of the first business lesson besides wear a white blazer and sure. drink espresso martinis. Mm-hmm. Lesson number one, take risks. Take, ri- this <laughs> take risk. risk. This, risk. this is a risk. We're doing a risky thing today. Risky thing. And then I think the second lesson, too, is, like, own your story. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if she had just owned it yes. and owned being, like, I was vilified for being a really great intern on the Hills. That's that's what you know me for. Yeah. Would be more um i don't know more moving than like please don't talk about that yeah and you know i cuz i it's didn't because... even know she was vilified reading all this i just knew that she hated it
1: I think because I had a little bit of this, she was so young when it happened. She must have been in her early twenties and think about where you are in your early twenties and you just want to hide everything. And she became a founder so early yeah. that she was probably like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about that. She wants to be taken seriously. And then probably 10 to 15 years later, she's like, Oh, it's not that bad. That happened so long ago. But when you're making a name for yourself, yeah, like, you don't, I don't want to be that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be like a dumb Hills girl. I'm, yeah. I'm a business lady. Yeah, I'm a business lady. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Well then she's, so she's an, intern at Teen Vogue and she has this truly ingenious idea which is that uh, she realizes how like influencer culture is starting up and not just influencer culture like famous influencers but just that like through social media you can talk to your friends and your family and you can say like what lipstick do you love and that them weighing in on your life would have a bigger um, impact than just like the lady at the counter. Yes, and that it was happening in fashion, and she realized there was like a gap, a gap in the market. Business term numbers. Business, I know. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, uh, and it was 2013. Yeah. Which, which is, is right when like blogs are like really hitting. It was,
1: I was in college then and Instagram just started to become a thing and people were, I was just using Instagram cause I thought it was filters. I didn't think that anybody was seeing the you public You were like feed. me, but better looking with yeah.
0: the like Clarendon.
1: <laughs> and like in a weird frame, it was so bad. Yeah. And she was like, she knew what to do with it, yeah. which is, So ahead of her time, I guess.
0: Totally ahead of her time. And she she goes into one of the offices and she says, I have an idea for a blog. I want to go to women like Carly Kloss, who was like, I think a 15-year-old model at the time. Oh my god, was she? I don't know maybe she's 20. Probably. You know what? Get your facts straight, Chelsea. I have no idea. But she was young. (laughs) And um, or she could just like basically use the ins from Teen Vogue to say, Will you tell me your full beauty routine? And not just like but like actually what you do. And she started this blog and it blows up because it's how I find, it's how we find beauty products now. Yeah. I type in lip stain on TikTok and I look through all the videos. Oh my God.
1: It's so crazy. And I think that was even like before YouTubers or it was at the time when YouTubers started to get really big and were doing the makeup tutorials because I worked at this company called Maker Studios, okay. which was with I my first job was being a production coordinator with um, beauty influencers and Mormon mothers. And they <laughs> okay. would I know and I'm and I credit a lot of that to building our business is watching these really smart women like knowing their audience and building a channel based on like what their audiences wanted. And it was, it was really fascinating to watch, but the beauty videos would just do
0: so well. Yes. So true. And they still do so well. Like those people are putting on their makeup and TikToks as they tell you another story. And you really can connect so well with, with a beauty video and a makeup how to, and Emily Weiss saw that early. She capitalized on it. I finished the book feeling as if I would 75% defend Emily Weiss in any situation. However, I didn't end up ending the book thinking like, oh, I would want to be her friend, which isn't, I don't have to. But uh, from the book, I wasn't thinking like, oh, she would be a great hang. And then you sent me a podcast mm-hmm. about her talking about the company. And I was like, oh, she's way better than this book makes her seem. Totally. And I think, I think the reporter was really mad that she was so... She was so tightly wound, she wouldn't give her anything that felt authentic because she was so prepared and precise. However, what wasn't in the book for me was that her prepared and precise mannerisms are dazzling.
1: Mm -hmm. Like,
0: her on this podcast, Mm -hmm. and she talked about beauty as a way into connection and telling stories with women and, like, connecting to each other. And I was like, well, fuck, that's the theme of this podcast yeah and I hate Glossier <laughs> <laughs> and and I didn't you know what I'm saying yeah, but yeah I got yeah. that from her I didn't really get that from the book which I think the book that made the blog so
1: good. But then it like the mission kind of got muddled when they made the products. But But I, I respect her like, and so it was the how I built this episode. That was definitely before she left as being CEO. She's very mature and I can get it. She's very charismatic, but something that she said, she said in interviews, in the podcast that She surrounds herself with people that know more than she knows, which is like the biggest thing in building a company of like, know your weaknesses and find the people that are really good at what they are doing. And in the book, when she was interviewing different people that I worked at the company, she wasn't a micromanager. So the fact that she didn't do that, I don't know. Maybe I'm not being hard enough, but...
0: I know, I know. It's really tough. Well, I will... Okay, let's be a little hard here. So she has this very, very successful blog... From there, she raises $1 million, starts EA, and becomes the CEO and founder of what will become a billion-dollar company. So later in the book, when they're like, to be real, this is her first job. And I was like, <laughs> like I'm going to be And sick. that is when I was like,
1: that's when privilege comes in. Yes. Because she was able to leave her internship. And I think she was doing like freelance writing for them. She had like pitched a story to one of the magazines. It was very unclear for me. Whatever. Yeah. But like this was her first real job. She had things to fall back on that she could take the risk in starting a blog and making no money. So that should be said about her.
0: I will say the podcast you sent me was she was talking about like luck versus grit. And I love the word grit that she Mm -hmm. uses. Me and my friend Ashley talk about this, where they're like, oh, you were lucky. And we both go, if this is luck, it's so depressing. Like, if this (laughs) is the luck version, (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) However, I think maybe people say luck, at least in this case with Emily, when what they want to say is privilege and they don't say that. I think privilege is like so sticky and hard to talk about. Because I feel like when you say like, oh, you're privileged, someone... Is like, oh, but I work so hard, and it's like that does that, those are two different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I will say one thing in this book that she does that does really annoy me is that I and I know you can't stand this either. When someone who is like clearly fucking had money growing up is like, <laughs> oh well, we were like middle class or like lower middle class, or we weren't no no, we weren't rich. No, no, no. And it's like just own it. But also like, it's like you don't even know that you're rich. That's how fucking rich you are. Like, did your parents ever worry? if their card would go through at the grocery store. No. Yeah. (laughs) You grew up rich. Like she wrote, um, well in the book, they said a a quote from Emily was, this was more money than I'd ever had in my life. $5,000. And that, yeah, that, and (laughs) and more money than I'd ever had in my bank account. Why said, and then Marissa writes, that sounds unlikely for someone who routinely wore Gucci and Chloe, but she seems invested in her origin story. And I do think like growing up privileged or with money, you can be in a place where you were like, I have $500 in my bank account. Yeah. Like, and like, oh my God, I'm working so hard and I have no money left. However, that doesn't erase the fact that if you had to, you could make a call or you could (sighs) sell your Gucci.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, I'm like, I would have loved to have one of those bags that I could just sell. I can't believe $5,000. It's like that took me so long to get there after I graduated. I would be curious what she thinks now because I don't think she's talked about it in a public way, but I'm like, I know so many people that came from privilege and still like know how to move in the world in an empathetic way and yeah. own where they came yeah. from. Yeah, <gasps> no,
0: completely. Well, I will say so Emily's first idea is I have this incredible community and she said this something on the podcast episode that was not in the book. She said, I thought it would be so cool to create a brand from the bottom up rather than the top down. Meaning, because she had this blog, she could hear from people like, We want a lipstick like this. We want this. Here's what I like. Here's what my friend uses versus something I've been told in all of our business education of like, <laughs> Who would play your product in a movie? like think of like you know what i mean like i i once worked for a company would play your product in a movie yeah so i once i worked at a marketing uh an advertising firm just like writing just being the dumbass i'm sorry i never knew that one
1: okay lead with it (laughs) yeah
0: um because they would be like we need funny and they bring you in and you'd be like okay that makes sense yeah and so um they had a a company that i won't name but they had a name for her i'll give a a horizontal side name like susan they're like So we're writing for Susan. Susan is 34. She knows her worth. However, this bitch loves a deal. And you would like learn all about Susan and then you would go and write the commercial. But Susan was like the demo you were trying to sell to. Oh. And so that's like when Emily was saying that, it's like, oh, this makeup company is for Margaret. <laughs> Margaret? She's fucking crazy. <laughs> like whatever. Versus just being like, hey, I really love a lip gloss that wasn't sticky.
1: Yeah. Rather than Marge- Margaret writing into you herself in your DMs.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so she takes this idea out where she's like, hey, I really have something with Into the Gloss. And someone says to her, uh, she's pitching basically like an online community business. And this guy says to her, what I'm hearing is actually a product line because what she was saying is that women don't want Clinique. This is not your mother's makeup line. Uh, this yeah. is new and fresh. And I was like, okay, not your daughter's jeans. <laughs> I see you. And they're like, do a product line. She does get the million dollars and she starts to make Glossier. Okay.
1: And the uh, the investor is like, was one of the like five female venture capitalists Ever in, in Silicon existence. Valley. It's like- of venture capitalists were women, which I'm like, I shouldn't be surprised, but I still can't help it.
0: Let's see the stat now.
1: Oh my God. That would have been 2013,
0: 2014. 8.6%. Oh, wow. We are growing. 10 10 years,
1: 2%. By the way, this is why I'm like, women need to have more wealth so we can invest in other businesses. Like this is such an issue.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. So Glossier, she makes Glossier. And here's what, like, really, I was like, this is unbelievable. Um, She wrote this post on Instagram that said, Glossier is about living in and embracing the now, not the past and not the future. It's about fun and freedom and being okay with yourself today. It's about being nice to people and knowing that a smile begets a smile. Snobby isn't cool. Happy is cool. I said, the whole brand is snobby to me. How did I, how was that the origin? I literally wrote, I can't. Yeah. Like, how was that in your first thing? And yet that is, the whole fucking brand is snobby and it's and it's perfection. It's perfectionism. With the- they say cool, but
1: nice a lot. Very 2013, by the way. But it's it's this thing of like, our company is about women, for women, made by women. And it's like, okay, but
0: what else? But like, yeah, really, just what be that. <laughs> yeah. like, what? And I do think this is something a lot of companies fell prey to and a lot of people where it's like, it's for women. And you're like, women in general, like- <laughs> we are half the population. Like you have to add some specificity. Well, then someone else was just like, we're basically selling Vaseline for $12. (laughs) And I found that to be true. I was like, yeah, this is why I hate these products because they're just like, she said it in the book, but it's basically concealer for people who don't need concealer, makeup for people who are already models, like concealer for people who don't have pimples. And that's where it's like, yeah, how dare you fucking sell products that like don't even... Do anything because you already have to be beautiful to begin with. Did you get? I have
1: never used a Glossier product. Okay, right now, I guess so. we're gonna do it. Did were you into it when it first
0: came out? Literally never. I never. The tagline was like makeup without looking like makeup, and I was like, Pass. no thanks. <laughs> I
1: have too many zits for
0: that. Are you kidding me? I don't need. I don't need. Also, I don't like looking wet. I like wet has been the trend for five years. Like you're just fucking sopping wet. I don't look good wet. I don't want to be wet. I never gave in. I've been matte the whole time. So here's the thing. Reading this book, they really sold me on the perfume. It's their hero product. It's a perfume called You. It doesn't have top notes. It only has base notes. I'm repeating this. I'm actually not sure what it means. Um, but Business. basically it's a perfume that's made to sort of enhance your own smell, which is why it's called You. Oh my God. And I bought a rollerball. So you're going to try it. And then like a little bit later in the podcast, we're going to test it. No, don't smell it now. You have to put oh, it on your shoot. skin. Oh shoot. Did I do it wrong? Okay. No, no, no. Just okay. put it on your skin and then we'll just, we'll come back to it okay. in like 20 minutes. Okay, great. So I bought, because I really came away being like, I gotta have that fucking perfume. Like yeah. it sounds like it smells incredible. The last time I did this was Jessica Alba writing about her retinol product from Shani Darden. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, I want it so bad. I ordered it. And I was like, it's supposed to have carrots in it. Then I didn't see any carrots. Oh my God. I remember this. Then everyone DM'd me to say, this is the best over the counter retinol. Like without a dermatologist prescription, this is the retinol cream. And, and well, here's the thing. It's also a hundred dollars a pop. I was going to say it was expensive. Then Cookies wrote in and they were like, do you have insurance to go see a dermatologist, have them prescribe a higher retinol to you. And it'll be like $10. And that's what I do now. Oh, really? And yes, it really helped. I need to do that. Um, okay, so we've <laughs> used, we're going to use the perfume. We're going to come back. What do you think of my lip color? Oh, is this?
1: It's Glossier. I like it. I know it's really good. Oh no, <laughs> is the can, is the texture good?
0: Yeah, yeah. It is like kind of a mix see. of matte, but glossy. I did oh, use God. a Patrick Ta lip liner, which is the color of my lips. And okay. I really, I really love it. Um, look at us being all glossy. Eh? Wow. But, um, and then I, I've always wanted like a nice brown lipstick and I haven't found one that worked. So I decided I would try theirs. Yeah. And I, and I like it. Which that is is funny a lot for you. I have lipstick, rolled girl. my eyes at these products for a decade. <sighs> I'm a I moron. Mean-
1: I think I'm going to need to try it, too. I feel like a criminal for not wearing it on this episode. Let's test the perfume. I'm not going to lie. I kind of like it. (laughs) Oh, no. I didn't want to like it.
0: But why? Why did we not want to like it?
1: (sighs) There's something about her and this business where we just, I I feel like she's kind of the opposite of us. I don't know what people are gonna think when they see us in our blazers, but she feels like the opposite of us because she's a minimalist. And it's like, look where we are right now, like wearing neon colors. Yeah, yeah. we we matched on her This is
0: not what (laughs) Emily Weiss would do. Matching is not cool. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break right now and we'll be right back. I started this podcast because I have been obsessed with memoirs my entire life and I can't believe it, but I got to write my own and it comes out on June 4th and you can order it right now. The book, you know, I was asked to describe it and I said, it is an absolutely harrowing traumatic memoir but funny. So if that sounds good to you, order it. Let me give you some topics that are in this memoir. A female best friendship breakup. How I got my break into Hollywood. When I found out my dad was not my real dad. The time I dated a magician. Are those last two related? Who's to say? Read the book. Growing up in Utah, growing up around cults. How I got into therapy. Listen, I could keep going. Each chapter title is a different woman's name in my life. Some are heroes, some are motherfucking villains. But you know what? A villain and a hero, what are both of those things? A leading role. And we do love women in our leading roles. So pre-order the book. It matters a lot. I linked everywhere that you can buy it in the show notes, but you know, go anywhere. Also, I am reading the audiobook personally. So I'm personally narrating it. So if you like this podcast, get my longest podcast ever. And the audiobook is also available for pre sale everywhere you get audiobooks. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You are the reason I got to write a memoir. So thank you so, so much. Okay, welcome back. Let's continue the conversation. Okay, this brings me to another point in the book that I really want to talk about. So uh, Marissa writes, the idea of a brand being your friend is never real, nor is your boss your friend, nor is the founder of your favorite beauty company. This feels like a particularly female problem. No one believes they are friends. This is very true. And also, these are the emails where it's like, hey, bestie, 5% off on on tampons this weekend. <laughs> You're
1: like, Was that, that you? That were, were you the person writing that? Yeah. Back I wrote in the that day? copy
0: at the marketing agency. <laughs> and, and look at hey, you girlie. now with your own newsletter. That's right. <laughs> um, well, um, but, but it is a particularly female problem or female brand where it's like, you have to make that intimate connection in order to have commerce. Same with, same with memoirs. You okay. Have have literally this. Memoir. Feminism in
1: 2010s. Girl bosses were an unholy marriage of feminism, capitalism, and mediocrity.
0: I mean, yes. Yes. Yes, 100%. Yes. When Emily Weiss got married, she wrote this post called The Little Wedding Black Book, published in Into the Gloss in 2015. And in it, she reveals the lengths in which she had gone to get ready for her wedding. Colonics, microcurrents to lift her butt, subtle hair extensions, which were detailed under the category of wellness, body, face, even teeth. And she ends it by being like, I felt like I liked how I looked 8 out of 10. I think that was the linchpin of like eight out of ten bitch like however so i went to go look at this post i was like let's go fucking look at this psychotic post and i looked at it and i was like this isn't i i don't know if this is the year we're in but i'm like i know women who've done much more than this it was like 10 things i feel like it's maybe because she
1: built a business on minimalism and natural beauty so then for her to that's a tricky Mm. thing when you're starting a beauty line like and she never, it, I mean, according to this, she never wanted to be the face of it, which I'm like, okay, but she is the face of it. So whatever she says is what the brand says. You need to practice what you preach, which you don't have to. That, no, you that's do? Fine. You do
0: have to in um, specifically female companies. I don't know if this is what made people mad, but obviously the next thing I do is go and Google like Emily Weiss wedding photos. <laughs> And she looks beautiful. However, reading what she did, it's just like a low bun and a, and a sheath. It's and I was well. like, I'm sorry, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> like I'm here for extensions, but like, low bun? <laughs> what do you, What's the point? What's the point? She's literally your opposite. She is yeah. your opposite. Yeah. Because it's
1: so weird. She's like a mystery to me where... She doesn't want to be the center of attention, but she does want to be the center I think of attention. She does. I
0: think she wants the company, right? She doesn't want to be the center of attention. I guess
1: she wants, maybe it's that she wants, when he boiled down everything, it's that she wants to be taken seriously. Yeah. Like she wants to be respected. And that's where because I'm she like, need I will money.
0: defend her for the rest of my life because this woman deserves respect. Yeah. She even, so then the author writes about the wedding. She was like, the marriage was short-lived. This is her exact sentence sentence about that wedding. The marriage was short-lived, and I wish luck to anyone who tries to get her to discuss it.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, the, the author, I mean, I'm grateful for her for writing this book, but there was, I wrote down, I was like, this is very like never been kissed vibes, someone going into a like school. The cool girl. Yeah. And, and the... then like you get in there and you're like, I actually want to be with the cool girl. And it's kind of like the Caroline Calloway of it all, right? Really? Like, what do you mean? In that like it's someone, it's a, it's a writer, a really like smart person who like comes in contact with the cool girl and she has to do her job as a reporter to like tell the truth. But I also get the sense in this book, like when there's those little comments like that, like she wants her approval too. That's me reading into it because I think there's a little bit of that in here. So
0: I get this feeling that she's mad that she would never be real with her. She would only ever be professionalism she would never give her the real in the yeah. actual connection maybe the actual friendship I don't know well up for grabs you guys okay another part I want to discuss is that she was close friends with nasty gal founder Sophia Amoroso a close oh. friend of Weiss's then worse Weiss was lumped in also among a cohort of aspirational millennial ish founders, including Audrey Gelman of the women's co working space and social club, The Wing. Ooh. Another enemy of mine. Oh is my the Wing. God. I've written episodes that have never made it to air about <laughs> making fun of The Wing because The Wing, even though it was for feminism, it was for rich feminism. Yeah. You had to be yeah. rich to be a feminist there. And um, she was also good friends with. Um, Leandra from Man Repeller to the point that yes. Leandra was only like one of a dozen guests at uh, her wedding. So then she kind of talks about the, this was my favorite part of the book. The second half of the book like really, really um, picked up for me where she starts talking about girl bossism, which is, she writes, to be a girl boss was to be powerful and non-threatening at the same time, a sort of wolf in sheep's clothing, wrecking the system from the inside with some scented candles and pink decor <laughs> and how... She was among all these creators and artists at the time, I'll mention, who came up being like, oh my God, feminism is marketable. However, they were not actual feminists at their core. Mm -hmm. They were the first level of feminism, of like, I'm a girl and my friends are girls and I love girls. But they weren't like feminism to the end of like, even that woman I fucking hate in the corner deserves (laughs) a nice makeup product. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That's not feminism either. Feminism would be um, her getting a fair salary. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And it's like the people like her that get into the room first because they're conventionally attractive, confident, and that confidence can all- come from the privilege of growing up and knowing that like you have something to fall back in. So you yeah. move in a certain way. And that's why I had to put the book down in the beginning because I was like, oh, I could never. Because you're just so
0: upset. Yeah. yeah. She starts part three, which is my favorite. And it's titled The Last Girl Boss. And it's and I, this is my favorite part of the book. And I I think what I just kept thinking about is I think we could be seen as girl bosses just in that we're ladies (laughs) (laughs) and we're trying to do something. (laughs) And we're both in lipstick. However, I
1: (laughs) like, where is this going?
0: Well, I I also find it frustrating too. Like, I like, I'll hear people be like, Oh, your podcast is all about like women empowerment. And it's like, Ish, my podcast is all about like women getting to tell their own story yeah. and being listened to. But if a woman tells her own story and that story sucks, I'm not going to empower that. You know what I mean? And if, or I guess I sort of feel like my ideal feminism is where like you could be enemies with someone and it, it doesn't hurt their rent. <laughs> You know what I mean? But I, I think it is less feminist to like pretend all women are great and you support all their choices. And it is more feminist to let us be like complex individuals. Like I talk about grudges all the fucking time. Sure. But like this sort of, I don't know, this like blind feminism where it's like we all wear pink and we we go on walks. <laughs> <laughs> and we all like each other. It's just like it's like oh, you're robbing us of humanity. And I think at yeah. the core, of feminism should be that women are humans and they have all the flaws that men do and deserve all the same success of men. And instead, I okay, like fem- she's president. She's actually president now. <laughs> but you know, but then when you're over here doing like it's a women podcast, they're like, like you get pushed into this corner of like, oh, if you ever don't like a woman, you're not a feminist. It's like, uh oh. Because I I got a list because I I value women more than men. so (laughs) They're on a higher scale for me. That's why
1: we're not going to talk about Barbie, but I will say about Barbie, like Barbie is showing people's true colors, especially men. Well, even women and women of an older generation, like the conversations that I've gotten myself, like gotten into, it's it's just like men thinking, I'm not going to go see Barbie because it's pink and it's for girls. And I'm like, you are 37 <laughs> years old. What are you talking
0: about? And then also you know, it doesn't matter. It's in the, it's made billions of dollars. We don't care know, if you see it. I know. Well, and I think coming to this girl boss chapter. So the focus on Emily Weiss is that she's the last girl boss standing because <laughs> Sophia Amoroso. They're extinct.
1: They're extinct. I know.
0: <laughs> Sophia Amoroso titled her books hashtag girl boss. Yeah. I thought it was like pretty horrifying to be honest. However, was that with hindsight, I never read it in the moment, you know, was it a book that actually inspired women in that moment? And then we came to find out, you know, wasn't always saying like great positive things. This part of the book is talking about a class of women who all sort of fall into this category in the 2010s where they made lots of money off of a very surface idea of feminism like Sheryl Sandberg, who was only, you know, one of the only women at Facebook and she wrote her book lean in. Yeah. When you read lean in, were you affected? I'm going to be honest with you. I've never read it because
1: I'm like, I got it. I Pass got it. Business. I got it. Were you a big fan of the book?
0: That book got me hook, line and fucking sinker. Really? Yeah. Do I, I need like, to read it? No, okay. no, no. Um, when it I read it the moment it, it came out. out? When did it come out? Uh, I want to say it's around this same era of like oh. 2013, 2010. I remember a statistic of like, you know, when girls know the answer in class, like 20% of them raise their hands. And when guys know the answer in class, 100% of them do. And when they don't know the answer, like 50% of them. <laughs> and I just remember being like, 20... 20- March 2013. Oh my God, okay. Kate, Kate just fact-checked us. Wow. Yeah, and so, but I remember reading it, you know, I'm I'm a woman in comedy at sure. the time. Sure. Um, because I still am <laughs> technically, I am. Um, but you know, it was really, really like boys world um, in 2013 and I remember reading it being like, I just need to raise my hand more. <laughs> raise my hand, you know, and I just got to be louder and more confident and blah, blah, blah. And
1: like in this industry, absolutely not. I was having a conversation (laughs) with someone of like, and, and laying out a situation that we may or may not be in, in business and how I was handling something. And he was like, you need to stand up for yourself more. You need to like grab them by the balls. And like, and I'm like, if I were to do that, they, I would lose everything actually, and yeah. I would be a bitch. And I hate that I even have to do that. And I got so mad and I hung up the phone. But I'm like, we we okay, can't well, that do that. that sounds like
0: a real grab the balls move. It, Good for you. you know what?
1: It it was not because then I talked to that person later and they did not learn anything from that conversation. That's awesome. <laughs> um,
0: that does feel shade, like a sorry. Is this. Um, no shade, you're welcome. <laughs> learn, learn something. Yes, yes, okay. So let's get back to the book. Basically, what happens is that. There becomes this wave of girl boss exposés where they're out to like unearth this girl who's supposed to be for like power and feminism, blah, blah, and show that she's not actually. And I I think about this a lot because like if Lizzo was just like, I'm doing me, Mm -hmm. I'm the fucking best. Y'all can fuck off. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And a lawsuit comes out and it's like, she wasn't supportive of her dancers. You'd be like, Oh, well she's about herself. But Liz was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm about inclusivity. And yeah. so it hits so much harder. It's like this brand meeting personal behavior. I- I'm not excusing anything. I'm, I just want to draw attention to what backlash to a woman, um, a, a female boss, a founder, an artist, a powerful woman, what backlash to a woman looks like versus what backlash to a male boss or male brand can look like feel like
1: this is stuff that we talk about too. And it's easy to like, look on the outside of something. I don't think we'll ever be this, but it's easy to look on the outside and make judgments. And this is how I would do things. Like I always said that when I was an assistant of like, when I'm a, when I have an assistant, I'm never going to do this, this and this, but then you don't know until you're in those situations. It's so
0: fucking annoying. Cause it then you sucks. think back to when you were younger, <sighs> but then like times that by a million, like you're on year 10 of your billion dollar glossier and like No matter what is said about her, it's, it's, it's so much worse than other men who have done so much worse. I really began feeling for her because, you know, even when we call Jeff Bezos, like this bald astronaut, (laughs) little bitch, you know what I mean? Do we call him that? (laughs) We do. Yeah. We Um, all do. You know, where it's like, Elon is like a literal (laughs) fucking dumb, dumb. Uh, overpaying for Twitter. Cause he personally liked it and running it into the ground. Like that's hilarious. Even though we all make fun of him or he isn't likable in the public sphere, it, it still doesn't affect him on like a respect level somehow. Like they have not suffered in the public eye the way girl boss, Sophia Amoroso has also just to know everyone in this context is also white, which also, uh, you know, affects all of it. But do do you know what I mean? yeah like we just kind of we're just like haha dummy continue on and Sophia, you're like get out of here and i also think
1: (laughs) i also think those guys don't care they don't care and
0: and it's built into like who they are like they kind of came up that way whereas like if you come up being like i do want women to do well and then the moment you fuck up they're like kill her she's a liar (laughs) um well and then she wrote Peloton CEO John Foley told the New York Times in 2020 that he starts the day by taking 40 sips of water from his sink that would haunt a female founder for the rest of her life. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, yeah. And then she talks about how Emily Weiss being really guarded is probably how she survived to become, quote unquote, the last girl boss of like, these exposés couldn't happen because she'd never given over of herself. Now, as someone who assured every ounce of her (laughs) Fucking inner guts on a podcast. How that make me feel? Not great. <laughs> Maybe she should have a podcast. No, she no, it she sounds shouldn't. like she succeeded by being like, "You don't get to know my life." Meanwhile, I'm over. But here at being what like, cost? I'm crying again. I, but at what cost? Like because then know. that's the thing we have built the society
1: to think that if you are successful, if you have all the money and and all the power, but that actually doesn't equal happiness and we could be doing this and playing around for the rest of our life, but, and probably be happier than Elon Musk even knows that he could be like, he has all this money. He has all this power. He could snap his fingers and get whatever he wants, but I don't think he actually knows what it's like to be happy. And that's the reality that he lives in. And He's actually living in hell, and he doesn't even know it. And I see it with people now who are just striving for money. And look, we want money, but we also are like creatives at heart. And even as we're building, what we're building of like, what's it all for? It's not all for like making money that we keep ourselves. Look, I want a beach house. I want a desert house. All of that, sure. (laughs) Okay, all the yeah, I want. I want all of them, but I want everybody to come. All of you listening can come to the beach house. But I. I, I think it's like, what do you want to do with that money? Like, how do you want to empower people with that money? And I mean, as you know, I worked at Color Creative, Issa Ray's company, and I think she's the perfect example of someone that is using her power for that. And even when she had her YouTube series, which honestly gave me the inspiration to like just come off with you and do what we're doing is because we have a model like her and women that came before of like, that just did it on their own because doors were being slammed in their faces. And if they didn't uplift their communities, once they got into these positions of power, like who else was going to do it? Yeah. And we're still
0: working on like what the ultimate goal is. Totally. And and I would say one goal we have is to change Um, like the community, like whatever we have the power to change around us, to change it for the better, the whole, like, what did you wish was so fucking different when you started out and like Mm. kind of coming into it and then realizing like your own will won't get you there. You'll have to have money and power to like actually make that happen. Yeah. But then like, can you keep yourself intact on the way there? Yeah. And can you turn around and do it? Yeah. And this is when, like, when I read this part of the book, I went, Oh no, like, Emily had been going for like 10 years. It's 2021 and they're like opening this office in LA and she goes off record with Melissa and she's like, I can't tell you. I don't want to go on record with what I'm thinking, but I'll tell you off record. And she writes, I was rattled because while I can't say what Weiss said, the person I had spent time with appeared exhausted with her position in the world to the point of being defeated. And all I can say is like, listen, we have our little cute, our cute girl best podcast. <laughs> And Ron Strikes, no. so that's it. And sometimes I feel I feel that way. And I'm like, oh my God, we haven't even started. <laughs> but I think what she doesn't have is like,
1: we have gone through so much. If you're attracted to this podcast, you connect with it for some reason. And every guest that you have on and anyone in your community, every friend that I've met of yours, like all of us, I think we we do the work to be, to like, know ourselves and take care of ourselves and it's really hard and like you and I have gone through so much and if we weren't doing all of the work that we were doing like therapy reiki lighting fucking candles whatever it is that we're doing like I have a share candle behind me that Jordan gave me (laughs) and it's perfect. She's and we're on fire manifesting right now. an Oscar which Chelsea will absolutely get one Please day. Please don't say that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I absolutely will. We are powerful manifestors. Also, I literally wrote in uh, one part here spiritual awakening question mark What, what because was it? it was uh wait, it was 2020. The most obvious evolution was in Weiss Interests. She personally had invested in the CoStar astrology app in 2020, <laughs> joined the board of the sustainable foot footwear brand Alfords.
0: I know no, 2020, 2020, 2020, and
1: also for all of you co-star people, it's not right. It's gone, gotten my birth chart wrong this entire time. Do you use it?
0: No, of course I don't fucking use it. All right,
1: I have new apps for us, um, okay. as told to me by my yoga instructor. But brag, <laughs> okay. Now she is a girl boss wearing a blazer and she does yoga, <laughs> <laughs> and, she,
0: and she has a mastrologist. Well, I will say this: we're <laughs> we are throwing an event to celebrate our rebrand, rebrand, and. Every time we talk about it, I get so excited, and then when I step 20 feet back, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is like an LA joke." <laughs> like, but if you know the people, if you know the people, it's not an LA yeah. joke. But if you are like, if you're seeing the bullet away and you're gonna be like, "I'm sorry, there's a Reiki healer there," you'd be like,
1: "I oh my god." you explain god.
0: Reiki for anyone who doesn't know what so it is? So
1: it's energy healing, but the amazing woman. Oh no, is it bad? This is why will get cold? Okay, wait, so Reiki, it's energy healing, which sounds crazy, but the first part, so my girl Tiffany, she, uh, the way that she structures things is basically like you pay a flat rate and you could be there for three hours. or You could be there for eight. My first time I saw her was eight hours, which people are thinking, I, Oh, did you that just sounds like hell? I know you told me that. And I was like, I wish I never told you. <laughs> um, and then I was like, actually I am confident in myself and I actually know what I did was right. But, <laughs> but it's not just sitting on the table, having crystals laid on you. Yes, that is a part. But for the first <laughs> six hours, we <laughs> I've never seen you laugh so hard at something that I've said. This is disappointing, <laughs> um, but but I, like I just did, I word vomited, and I just she her. Uh, it's called holding space, and she holds space for me in a way that a lot of people can't because I can be a lot. Something that we bonded also, over. Also,
0: like you're not a lot. You're perfect. <laughs>
1: I love you. And now we
0: kiss. <laughs> <like third laughs> but like you're not a lot, but also we have bonded about being a lot. I
1: know, but, but I, not. I, I feel like if someone gives me an inch, I will take a mile. Not anymore because of therapy, but like pre-pandemic. Like I would just word vomit to people, and then I would realize, oh, you are not ready to receive what I'm giving you. Oh no, my trauma. (laughs) But not at the time because they're like, you're crazy, and I haven't dealt with my own stuff. So it goes to someone, and it's different than going to a therapist because she's gone through a lot of same the same things. I'm half Filipino, and she's full Filipino, and like lived in the jungles of the Philippines for Mm -hmm. a couple of months. Like she's she's one with the earth. Um, (laughs) But it's. Like she was someone where I'm like, oh, I feel so seen and protected, and there's these things that I thought made made me feel crazy, and she held them, and it's not in this like woo woo. Like there's the crystal, like there's there's honestly the girl boss spirituality.
0: Yes, which is a disgusting pipeline. I know, and maybe that's a but whole then there's other thing. real spirituality. There's re- and then they get convoluted.
1: I know. And it's a really dangerous time right now because of social media where anybody can do this Anyone and it's can so want to get person. shared.
0: Okay. Perfect. Thank you for doing. Thank you for doing the Reiki tangent. I felt that was very necessary. I'm on martini number four. That felt necessary to me. We were just, you know, <laughs> being a little messy, sharing a lot, the opposite of Emily Weiss, because even at the end of the book, um, here's what she writes. You can tell the journalist gets like really upset at the end where she has one last interview with her. And she writes this, her answers were truly amazing experiences and obfuscation. The way she spoke felt like she was running for office, inane, plotless, a banal word salad. I asked how she would changed from the time she founded into the gloss until she stepped down as CEO nearly 12 years later. I wish I could say, she said, and looked the, and looked at the clock on her phone. I'm enjoying this, but I probably have five or so. <laughs> I repeated the question. I wanted the most I could get from five minutes. How have you changed? Let me see how much time I have. She said, I tried again. How have you changed as a leader over the course of Glossier? And she just won't give her an answer because she doesn't want to give her the mess. And that is where I sort of ended this book being like, if anything, I'm the opposite, I'm full mess. You know what I mean, a mess, mess, mess. I
1: don't say mess, I say vulnerable.
0: Oh, Sorry, nice.
1: we talked about Reiki and vulnerability, but it's true and that's what makes a good well, leader.
0: And however, I think Emily also had something going for her where she's like, you don't get me. Like, I'm gonna be a leader, I'm gonna run a company, I'm gonna sell it for millions, I'm gonna head up." work. She didn't sell it, she, had, she handed the CEO position off to another woman named Kyle. I was really worried it was a man at first. Um, oh, same. I you know. I was like, ah. Um, but she handed it off to Kyle. But basically, like the whole book can't even be juicy because Emily will never give her it. And even to the point where she had a whole blog being like, "Show me what is in your medicine cabinet. Show me your makeup bag." And Emily has refused till this day to show a reporter her own medicine cabinet in her. Own I thought that bag. was so that wild. That is fucking crazy.
1: But like. Why not show... Who cares?
0: Who cares? And I I'm, think and that's she what I cares. Think... She's got that perfectionist, I have to be perfect mentality that came into Glossy, Glossier. Uh, Glossier. Glossier. Um, she has this whole like clenched fist on like what it means to be perfect. And it's how she survived and didn't go down with the other girl boss brands. And it's also her weakness Mm -hmm. because she was never actually authentic and her whole thing of like beauty helps you connect. She never actually connected. Oh my God. Yes.
1: Right. The, because it's like you say mess and I say vulnerable and it's why it's like what helps build a community. If you didn't share your stories, if your guests didn't share their stories, like what would there be to connect about? It would just be talking about gossip, but that's
0: not what this is. And I think that is a really like, I hope in the next front of like female entrepreneurs, And also with what we're doing where it's like you just get to take 20 sips out of your fucking sink like the Peloton creator. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like it's like like you can want to do good and you'll never be perfect. And like where is the room for humanity for women and others? Whereas like we have given humanity to men. Mm. I think like that that's the goal I want to I like. So when we changed the name and rebranded to Glamorous Trash is because we were like. What if we could build something bigger than just a podcast? Um, Which I was, Jordan said that to me two years ago, and I was like, no. Um, (laughs) If you saw my notebook, (laughs) Um, and now I just the the thing I would like, like if if I can call upon the Reiki manifesting podcast (laughs) gods, I would say I really want us to be able to like grow this show and make other artistic projects to the level where we get that huge break where we can turn around. And then give the resources and chances to other artists who like really deserve the chance. I think of like yes. me, like I wanted a helping hand so bad. I never got it. And you yeah. never got a helping hand. Like turn around, be the helping hand to give more like great fucking art to the world. Yeah. And then also like charities and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Philanthropy. But
1: um, And then the last thing of like, but in that process is building the community. Like the best thing about this podcast is the relationships that have come out of it. And not just you with the people, like the listeners, the cookies, but the the cookies amongst themselves who have group chats
0: and things like that is the dream is to bring people together and and why we like events. The fact that that happened accidentally is the only way it could have happened. Cause I I never would have purposely been like, we have a community, which is however, people are always like, why do you answer your DMs? Or I can't believe you answered my DM or like, how much time do you spend on that? And it's like, it is literally some of the best part of my life. And I'm waiting for the moment when it turns and like every DM I open is like, you're a dumb slut. No. um, But right now it's like all it is is just like incredible people with incredible thoughts and then it like helps build the show out and it, yeah, it's been really special. Um, Jordan, one more perfume check. Yeah, I like it. And it's fresh. It's fresh. It's fresh. A little spicy, but I, a little fresh. I know. I'm Jordan, do you want people to find you, follow you online? What do you where do you want people to go to online after? Oh this?
1: my god, I'm private. Should I go public? I was having this thought today <laughs> as I was Snapchatting with my Ooh. 21-year-old brother. I'm like, do I go public? It's up to you. Are you Emily Weiss or are you some garbage bitch like me? Um Just well hunting I, for no. I feel like I will go public soon.
0: Okay. She's on the website, <laughs> Chelseadeves.com, <laughs> glamourstrash.com. <laughs> And um, Jordan, I'll just end this podcast by saying thank you for changing my life. Aww. Thank you for changing my whole career. Thank you for believing in me and saying yes to all my stuff. Um, even when it was wild because that has been the best stuff at all best stuff (laughs) at all and we started talking about a female friendship breakup that's how we connected and so I think we both have approached this relationship with a lot of caution because we're so ready for someone to just break our heart but I think that has actually helped us make a really strong relationship Mm -hmm. of like knowing the whole spectrum and I just want to thank you and I love you oh I love you too you've changed my life thanks for having me That's all for this week's episode. If you love this podcast, if you want more of this podcast, go join us on Patreon. If you become a Patreon member, you get one bonus episode every month. You get an email every episode of photos that go with the episode. You get a newsletter of all the best DMs that I get that month where we like learn and recap things. You also get access to our lounge, which is a cookies only chat lounge where we chat about episodes and all kinds of things. There's also other tiers. So you can join for just a dollar a month or $5 a month. And then for higher level tiers, we do a live book club on Zoom once a month where we listen to the episode of the podcast and discuss that episode. So no reading required. That's Patreon. Com slash Chelsea DeMontes, and that is where we love your support and that's also where the community is a huge thank you to our producer Kate Downey our episode engineer DJ ba- no that's right it's Marcus Hom formerly known as DJ Bouncy House assistant Jaren Padre, and our executive producer, Jordan Moncada. Our team does so much to make this podcast happen, and I just thank them endlessly. Also, a big thank you to our product partners at Tanteo, Natalie's Juice, and Pattern Brands. They have given us and our guests so many great products. We're going to link each brand in the show notes, and you can find all of the products that I love on my Instagram highlights where I am always on Instagram at Chelsea Devantes, and I'll see you there for, for another episode soon.